0: Leaders follow through on their commitments. You're listening to Marketplace Ministry, a podcast for Christian entrepreneurs that looks at business through a biblical lens. Your business is a calling, and when you do it according to God's principles, it is an act of worship and brings glory and honor to Him. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to Marketplace Ministry. My name is Jason Smith, and on today's show, we're talking about the leadership lessons of Jesus. And this particular lesson comes from John chapter 13, verses 1 through 18. And we're going to be looking at follow through. Leaders follow through on their commitments. John 13, 1 through 18 recounts a powerful demonstration of Jesus's leadership. In this story, Jesus washes his disciples' feet. How does this story relate to follow through? Well, now we'll get to that, but first, let's examine what the Bible says before we break this down. First, let's set the stage. Jesus was aware that his arrest and death were imminent. He already knew that Satan had poisoned Judas's mind, and as one of his final acts of service to his disciples, he decides to do something completely Unexpected. In John 13, 4, it says that Jesus rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. So at this point, Jesus got up from his place at the table, he left the head of the table, and he took off his outer garments. When he stripped off the outer garments, it was as though he was stripping off his authority and his leadership and he was laying it down in front of his disciples. When he took the towel and he girded it around his waist, it was as though Jesus was humbling himself to the lowest servant in the house. Pastor Terry Linscott, he's my pastor at Abundant Life Church and the host of the Anointed Leadership Podcast, had done a teaching about this, and and he had said that it was the job of the lowest of the lowest Household servants to wash the feet of the house guests. So here we see Jesus, who is a rabbi, he is a teacher, he is a preacher, he is a physician, he's a leader, he's an orator, he is a high position, well known person during this time. And he strips it off and dresses himself as the lowliest servant in the household. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. So he's washing their feet. But notice that in this verse, in verse 5, it says he began to wash their feet. So as a leader, he started a process of doing a task. And that task, in this particular instance, was washing his disciples feet as the lowest servant now he's doing his job he's demonstrating this great leadership principle while he's doing it one of his disciples simon peter tries to stop him saying lord you're not going to wash my feet but jesus says no if you don't let me wash your feet then you're not one of my disciples so let me do this and at that point simon peter said lord then don't just wash my feet, wash my hands and my head and my whole body. And Jesus said, those who are clean have no need to have their entire body washed except for their feet because the feet is the most dirtiest part of the body. He wanted to cleanse the dirtiest, filthiest part of their body, the soles of their feet. In verse 12, it says, when he had washed their feet. And that's the sentence I want to focus in on right here is that It says, he had washed their feet. That's past tense. So in verse 4, it says, he began to wash. And then verse 12 says, when he had washed. So he started the job and he followed through with it. Even when he had opposition, even when people were trying to stop him from doing the job, he continued through it and he finished the job. And that is the focus of our talk today, is that leaders follow through on their commitments. And follow through isn't about washing the feet of the people you like. It's not about washing the feet of the people who like you. It's about washing everyone's feet. It's interesting what God showed me uh, when a friend was delivering a message called Stinky Feet. In the message, he described how Jesus didn't exclude anyone who was at the table. He washed all 12 disciples' feet. And it's interesting that we call the bottom of the foot the sole of the foot. I think it's a powerful metaphor saying that Jesus wants to cleanse our souls. So what do I take away from this teaching today? As leaders, we must be committed to finishing the job that we start. And sometimes to do a good job, we have to lower ourselves to the lowest employee in order to make an impact. You know, Jesus did this as a demonstration of, this is how I'm serving you, now I want you to go and serve each other. It's not so much about the act of washing feet. It's about the willingness to lower yourself to the lowest status in order to serve somebody else. And a lot of us don't want to do that. We don't want to pick up dog poop for somebody else. We don't want to clean the toilets. We don't want to change dirty diapers. We think that some things are beneath us and so we shy away from doing them. But, you know, Jesus even said that when you have done this to the least of these, then you have served me. There's no unimportant jobs. Every job is important. Everybody has a plan and a purpose. We have to be willing to to see that, and we have to appreciate that, and we need to serve one another in that capacity. If we have the ability to look at something and say, ah, that's beneath me, that's a signal to say, wait a minute, that's not beneath me because Jesus washed the disciples' feet. So let me go and do this. I might not want to, but I'm going to challenge myself to do this because in doing this, I'm serving another human being. It might be the most disgusting thing for me to do. Washing someone's feet, changing a poopy diaper, cleaning a toilet. It might be the most disgusting thing you can think of. But when you do it with humility and respect for the other person, you don't know how much of an impact that has on them. I'll never forget, there was a time where I had to stay home from church with I think it was my firstborn son, Josiah, when he was a baby and he was sick. And so I had to stay home with him from church. And during that time, I had been struggling with pornography. Now, I've never shared this before on on this podcast, but I'm getting real vulnerable with you today because that was a big problem in my life. And, and every time I had looked at something I shouldn't have looked at, I felt Horrible. I felt like, why? what is wrong with me? I'm married to a beautiful woman. Why in the world am I looking at things I shouldn't be looking at? Well, that night she came home from church, and they had had a foot washing service that evening. I don't know what the message was, but when she came in, first she got a bowl of water. She brought it over, set it on the floor. She got a towel. Then she ran, then she started to take my shoes off, she took my socks off and she washed my feet. It was a humbling experience for that to happen even though I was being ransacked in my mind with with the guilt of the sin that was easily ensnaring me and I broke down. I broke down, my heart was softened and that night I believe I confessed my sin to her and I repented it's many years later now because Josiah is now going to be 11 this year and I am completely free and God has completely set me free from pornography it no longer has a hold on my life I no longer look at that garbage it has no hold on me whatsoever and because of that I'm no longer looking at the limitations that are on my life because that to me you know when you're in sin and you know what you're doing is wrong it puts a limit on what you're able to do and if you don't believe that then you you just have scales on your eyes but but the truth is that when you're in sin it limits everything that God wants to do in you and through you because he cannot be where there's sin praise God I'm delivered from that and I'm able to now renew my mind with the with the word of god and because of that i am growing leaps and bounds in the word where before i wasn't even receptive to the word because when you're in sin it's like it's like it's scar tissue in in your in your soul and if you become calloused because of your sin and your heart is calloused the word's not going to get in and you have to cut that away. And the only way it gets cut away is by the word of God. And you have to get in the word of God. Too many people will say, man, I just need to clean my life up before I can get my life right with God. That is the backwards way of doing things. We talked about it on this show before. If you're struggling with something, you need to be in the word of God. You need to run to the house of God because it's there that you will find freedom. It's there you will find healing. But too often when we, when we get into sin, we, we run away from God. We make up excuses. Oh, there's too many hypocrites at church. Hello? You're in sin, you hypocrite. Go to church. Jesus even said that, that he went to the sinners. Why? Because it's not the healthy who need a doctor. It's the sick. You're not sick in your mind, you're sick in your spirit. And the only way your spirit can be made whole is by going to the doctor. Does't matter what you've done, doesn't matter what you've said, where you've been. He wants to meet you at the altar. The thing that's stopping most of us when we're caught in sin is pride. Pride will keep us out of church. It will keep us from confessing our sins. We we want to walk around as if we have it all together. We want people to think highly of us, and we want people to know, oh man, he's got a good life, he's doing great, when beneath the surface it's all shambles. And you can't think for a moment that people don't see it, because you can tell when a person's broken. You can see it. Vanessa Van Edwards recently released a new book called Cues, and if you haven't picked up this book yet, I encourage you to go out and get it because it is a phenomenal read. In this book, she's talking to us about 96 different cues that we send every single day in our nonverbal body language communication. And when you begin to understand these cues and you learn the difference between warmth cues and competence cues and you can work those cues into your daily life, you can become a charismatic person. But if you have no competence cues that you're sending, if you have no warmth cues that you're sending, then you're in what we call the danger zone. And it's in that danger zone that even though you don't think you're sending any cues, you are sending cues. And so people can tell when you're lying People can tell when there's something more than meets the eye. And they're going to ask you questions. It's going to make you uncomfortable. The Word of God is going to make you uncomfortable. If you truly allow it to, the Word of God will not only fix your mind and fix your heart, it will begin to transform your life. And that's when you can be set free. You know, the Word says, He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And if you really believe that, then you wouldn't let pride keep you out of church. You'll run to the altar. You'll go to the altar every single service. You don't care what people think. You're not here for a show. You're not here to worship man. You're here to worship God. You're here to present yourself before him as your reasonable service. We don't go to church to minister to others. We go to church to minister to God. It's like Pastor Terry's been preaching recently is that he doesn't preach to us. He doesn't preach at us. He preaches for God. And if we can really get that into us, if we can really understand that church is not about us and it's not for us, it's for us to be a blessing to other people, that we can serve one another with love, agape love, that kind of love that we've talked about before on the show. Agape is where you love people regardless of who they are and whether or not they're going to have the ability to love you back. You just do it because you care about people. So let's look at these takeaways. Number one, if you really want to follow through and lead your people well, you need to take off your positional leadership and serve your followers. Jesus showed us that when he took off the symbol of his authority and his leadership. He humbled himself beneath the people that he was, that he was over. He humbled himself in front of his disciples, and it was to teach them this powerful lesson. He chose to serve them rather than to be served that's where we need to be as leaders we need to be looking to our subordinates to our team and serving them are you willing to remove your positional leadership and really serve your team number two finish what you start you know anyone can start something I can remember number of times in my life where I have had an idea pop into my mind that I started to work on and then I abandoned it. Don't be like that. If, if you've done that in the past, it's time to stop today. If you start something, if God tells you to start something, do it and finish it. Number three, Fulfill the needs of your team. Now, I briefly touched on that in the first point of removing your positional leadership. But no, really fulfill the needs of your team. You see, the disciples didn't understand why Jesus washed their feet. But you see, Jesus knew what they needed. He wasn't going to be there with them much longer. But he knew he needed to be with them and give them a lesson that would be so spectacular that it would be so life-changing that they would never, ever forget it. I guarantee you, if you've ever had somebody wash your feet, you will never forget that moment. There's something spiritual that happens when you humble yourself and serve your followers. It unlocks their potential. It propels them to be better than they were before. If you stay focused on what you must do without taking time to recognize what your followers need, you will limit your organization. So your team in their current state can only go so far as they perceive in their minds. That's why you as the leader need to help them see further than what they already do. It's your job to show them what's possible and to draw that potential out of them and that only happens through service. And so today's message is about following through. And I want to challenge you to take a moment to step back out of your leadership position and see your team from a different perspective. And when you do, begin to ask questions about what do they need? How can I serve them better? and do it. Now I saw something earlier today from Gary Vaynerchuk on social media and I thought it was very relatable to this message. And it, and he said, if you're a CEO and your employees aren't performing, that's on you. Solving it comes down to three things. 1, take the blame. 2, communicate better. 3, tell them they're not executing at the level you're hoping for, then ask What can I do to help? In this last part, it's so pivotal. Once you say, what can I do to help? Gary writes, then actually start helping. Don't be the leader that says, what can I do to help? And then you hear what your employees are telling you, but you do nothing for them. No. Be like Jesus. Follow his example and serve them. It's when you serve them that you will be able to draw the potential out of them and you'll propel them to go further than they ever thought possible. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this episode today. I pray, God, that the message doesn't fall on deaf ears, but it will go out and it will touch the hearts of leaders everywhere. I pray that kingdom-minded entrepreneurs will take this message to heart, that the adage and the, the, the nickname of Of being a servant leader is not just a concept or a mental picture, but it's who they are. They are a servant leader, and they're willing to get down in the trenches with their employees, with their team, and help them. So, Father, I pray that you will bless them and grace them to do that. When they do that, Father, I pray that you will anoint their team to go Smarter, faster, better than they were before, and that they will elevate to greater things in you. And we thank you in Jesus' name, Amen. If you like this episode, please share it with somebody. Uh, send me your feedback. I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at Marketplace Ministry Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can also send us a voice message through the Anchor app or the link in the show notes. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can click the link in the show notes and leave us a monetary donation, uh, 99 cents a month, or whatever you decide is reasonable, and you can share that with us. And then also, if you'd like to text us, you can text us at five zero two. 833-6136. We'd love to hear from you. We want to know what this message ministered to you today, and if you have any questions about it that maybe we could feature on a future show uh, or maybe clear up some things. Maybe we said something that was off and you thought, man, that was just garbage. Hey, you know what? I want to hear from you. I want to know your feedback because that's how we make this show better. So if you like what I had to say today, Please get in touch with us, and we'll look forward to hearing from you and sharing your comments on a future episode of Marketplace Ministry. Until next time, we call you to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. We hope today's message inspired you and ministered to you. Let us know if it did by joining the conversation. You can do that by connecting with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Clubhouse. All the details will be in the show notes. If we helped you today, please share this episode. Be sure to rate this podcast and leave us a review. When you do, it helps us know what content you find valuable so we can make more of it. Plus, it helps get this show in front of more listeners. So if you could leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Continue to seek God first and serve His people well, and your business will prosper. In Jesus' name.